What's going on? Welcome to Base Liberty, episode 22. Darren Wisely here, and blessed to have the opportunity to chat with you once again for the third time this week. It's August 9th. It's October 9th, 2020. COVID week continues, and before we get into it, just want to say, if you haven't yet, uh, subscribe on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever else you're listening to this. If you haven't left a review, go for it. If you don't feel like looking up all those pages, go to Choose Wisely, W-I-S-E-L-E-Y, choosewisely.org, and everything is right there. You can find my Twitter, my Facebook, whatever you want to keep in touch. I'm more than welcome to get show requests. Um, now that we're finishing up COVID week, we'll have to switch gears, so happy to hear about topics that interest you guys. And if you have some loose change you want to throw my way, you can support. Like I said, we're over in seven countries now, and... Getting that support is just going to help us keep the show going. So thank you again so much for all the support. I really enjoy chatting with you guys. Now last episode I talked about some of the economic effects of these shutdowns and how the expectation that you can shut down certain things but not the other is really just unrealistic, it's short-sighted, and it's really just ignorant of economics. Today I'm going to look at it from an economic perspective, but from a different angle. And talk about what I did touch on in the beginning of the last episode, the seen versus the unseen. How these shutdowns do more harm than good. And these Karens will say, you want people to die and you don't care and you know whatever else. Just stupid, absurd demagoguery. But if they were honest, or if they had just a little bit of intellectual curiosity to look at the effects, they would see these lockdowns are doing so much more harm than good over a virus that has such a small chance of killing anyone, particularly those who are in fine health. So I'm going to equip you with some more arguments against these draconian, these tyrannical shutdowns. And of course, Monday, I talked about the Supreme Court ruling. I mean, honestly, if people are still pro-shutdown, pro-all uh, that now, I don't know if there's much change in their mind, but if you're confronted, uh, we'll give you some tools. So first and foremost, um, if you know anything about me at all, I'm just going to say, regardless of all these scientific data, things like that, government has no right to lock people in their own homes, to tell them they can't go to work, to destroy lives. I don't care what it's for. I don't care if this virus was as serious as people thought it was in the beginning. That doesn't make it moral. Now, that being said, I realize in today's day and age, most people want the government to do everything for them. They want them to pay for their education, want them to pay for their housing, want them to pay for their health care, want them to wipe their butt for them. So it's no surprise um, they want them to protect them from... Now the government, free health care isn't enough. Now government has to protect you from dying. And that's the problem with state worship, this religion of the government can protect us, so these people are faced with their own mortality, that's why people have gone absolutely bonkers. It really is such an Orwellian power grab, because you look at how people, such as myself, such as many people now, who are speaking out against this tyranny, how they're treated, how they're shamed. And when they're going to this level to silence critics, silence opposition, 
demagoguing the issue. That's when you know they're up to something. Why do they have such a vested interest in making sure people such as myself don't provide an opposing viewpoint? Shows how power hungry these people think they are. They think they're gods who can save us. They can't. If only more people would wake up and realize that. It's on you to protect your health and your family. The government's not going to take care of you. Got this email from Ron Paul that kind of uh, puts that in context. Dear Darren, in the Soviet Union, it was forbidden to dispute the wisdom of the party line. That's because Marxian communism was viewed as the scientifically inevitable progression of mankind. For Marx and Lenin, the science was settled. Therefore, anyone speaking out against the science of the Soviet system must be acting with malice, must actually want destruction, and must want people to die. Anyone voicing opposition to the settled science of Marxism-Leninism soon found their voice silenced, oftentimes permanently. Ironically, just 30 years after the science of Marxism-Leninism imploded for all the world to see, we are witnessing a resurgence here in the U.S. of the idea that to question the science is not seek truth or redefine understanding of what appears to be conflicting evidence. No, it is to actually wish harm on one's fellow Americans. And while we who question the science are not being physically carried off to the gulags for disputing the wisdom of our betters in the CDC or the World Health Organization, for example, we're finding that the outcome is the same. We're being silenced and accused of malicious intent. The Soviet communists called dissenters like us wreckers. Last week on my daily news podcast, the Ron Paul Liberty Report, we reported on two whistleblowers from inside the CDC and Big Pharma who raised serious and legitimate questions about the prevailing coronavirus narrative. The former chief science officer for the pharmaceutical giant Pfizer, Dr. Mike Eden, had stated that from his experience, he believes that nearly 90% of the current tests for COVID produce false positives. That means that this massive expansion in cases used to justify continued attacks on our civil liberties is simply phony. As Dr. Eaton said in a recent interview about the Orwellian UK coronavirus lockdown, we are basing a government policy, an economic policy, a civil liberties policy, in terms of limiting people to six people in a meeting, all based on what? What may well be completely fake data on the coronavirus. Is Dr. Yeadon correct in claiming that based on his scientific observation, there is no second wave? We don't know. But we do know that his claims that the massive increase in cases in Europe used to justify new lockdowns are not in any way being matched with a similar increase in deaths. The EU's own charts prove this. Deaths remain a flat line near zero, while cases skyrocket to match the massive increase in testing. Yet when we reported on Dr. Eaton's finding on the Liberty Report last week, we found that for the first time ever, our program was removed by YouTube. YouTube, owned by Google, which is firmly embedded into the deep state, was vague in explaining just where we violated their community standards by simply reporting on qualified scientists who happen to disagree with the mainstream coronavirus narrative. But they did offer this shocking explanation in an email sent to us at the Ron Paul Liberty Report. YouTube does not allow content that explicitly disputes 
the efficacy of the World Health Organization. Incredible. It's not the science that is settled. What appears to be settled is the impulse to silence anyone who asks why. If you haven't yet, check out the Ron Paul Liberty Report because he's got some good stuff on there. But he's right about everything in there and, and he gives you some good, good information. And so many people are just brainwashed by this nonsense. It takes courage to speak out. So along with people pushing this mainstream media, deep state, uh, Dr. Fauci, Bill Gates narrative, on um, about three weeks ago, I had a, just a kind of a fun post. We need a separation of medicine and state. You know, of course, I think I'm clever. And I had a comment. Disagree. The health department quarantines folks who may go and spread contagion. Thank God for their tireless work in contact tracing. First off, this whole, you know, thank our healthcare heroes, uh, everyone virtue signaling with masks in their profile pictures is just so cringy. Now, yeah, you can thank people for, uh, you know, their work. They're working hard, but a ton of people work hard. I mean, when I got my oil change, uh, I don't you know, put a sign in my yard thanking the person for doing the job I paid him to do. This need to to virtue signal, to grandstand, to show how much we all care. Saving lives. Um, I'm just, it's, it, 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 it's just, uh, it's just so shallow. That's the word I'm looking for. It's great. Yeah, you work hard. You earned a check. You, maybe you uh, help someone out. That's awesome. But... If you're doing it for the gratitude, then I guess don't take your paycheck. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I digress. And this person started saying, Fauci gives scientific data and his analysis. He does not set policy. If you must assign blame, the president and your governor. Well, I'm certainly blaming the governor if you've seen my other episodes and pretty much everything I've said during this whole scam. His reputation and pedigree is impeccable. Your opinion does not alter reality. Is it really impeccable? So I agree, my opinion doesn't alter reality. The emperor has no clothes. Fauci is incentivized to keep this going as long as possible because once the hysteria is over, so is his power. Absolutely true. And some more economics, we can talk about incentives. Government's always incentivized to do too much. It goes back to the seen versus the unseen. These people died and you didn't do anything. But no one's going to see if you did too much and that caused people to die, right? This person is talking about how awesome Fauci is. I said, I didn't question his accolades. This is what she said. Do a little research, Darren. Fauci's career will not end, nor do they begin with COVID-19. Again, it's short-sighted and ill-thought-out. Oh, my, my vitriol is short-sighted? I'm short-sighted? You guys want to shut down everything and think we can keep producing. Ridiculous. I didn't question his accolades. I don't think he should be fear-mongering. He's held his position since 1984. Quite fitting. And he's another swamp creature, lifelong bureaucrat, and hasn't practiced medicine in decades. Again, all true. 
then this person says, I have little patience for snowflakes who can't be bothered with altering their behavior minimally for the common good. Um, first off, we're not talking about altering behavior. See, this is straw manning. Oh, you're mad because you can't get a haircut. It's like, no. Um, it's because people can't go to work. They can't earn a paycheck. Businesses are closing. Suicide, depression, domestic violence. Look at all the civil unrest that's happened. When did that start? The lockdowns. It's funny, a lot of these people were the same people that used to say, oh, we care about mental health, do something about it. And I agree with that. But they're not so worried about mental health now. Now they're worried about this shutdown. Now they're worried about policing everyone. It's just such a straw man and not a very, uh, an argument supported by much of anything. The common good. You know how I feel about that. And I said that. You're straw manning it, inconvenience of wearing a mask. You know there's more to it. And they're saying as long as it takes, that's very telling. And then I start talking about the unseen consequences, just like I do on the show. I say you're ignoring the repercussions. I say I'm not going to straw man it and say that you want people to starve because I'm not going to stoop to that low. Oh, I put stopping. I had a typo. Oops. I said if you want to have an honest conversation, I'm fine with that. But if you're going to straw man the issue and ignore my responses, I'm not going to waste my time repeating myself. I've just about had enough uh, down at this point. Says, I'm not ignoring, I'm just most concerned about loss of life. Well, you are ignoring, because you haven't responded to any of the other consequences. She says, are you pro-choice? I hear a lot of my body, my choice out of you. Of course, I've never said that. Once again, it's a straw man. I deal with young adults every day, blah, blah, blah. Some oversight to control the contagion is necessary. We still have COVID idiots that think vaccines have microtips. 5G caused COVID, blah, blah, blah. Again, saying I'm pro-choice, obviously I'm not. And this person knows that. They're, they're again, they're straw-manning it. They're demagoguing the issue. Um, look, if you don't want to get sick from a virus, don't go out. But don't tell other people not to. I mean, again, that's what I said in the beginning, beginning of this episode. Rights are negative in nature. You have a right not to have your rights intruded upon. You don't have the right to tell everyone else uh, what to do. So if you don't want to get sick, yeah, you have the right to not have someone come in your house and breathe on you or sneeze on you or spit on you. But you don't have the right to, I'm going to go to Kroger, but I don't want anyone else there because they might get me sick. I mean, that's ridiculous. Everyone has a different risk tolerance. You have to make decisions based on your health. If you have an immune deficiency, probably don't go out. If you're young, you're healthy, you're probably fine. I mean, my grandparents were in their 70s. They were out on the campaign trail with me all summer. They're fine. Everyone's different. So I said, yeah, I got my answer. Oh, again, she brings up 5G. I didn't, I don't know nothing about any of that. And I just said, centralized authority shouldn't be able to destroy everyone's lives. That's the definition of tyranny, which I'm right about. Abortion kills 99.99% of those performed on. COVID kills far less than 1%. The comparison is absurd and a disgusting demagoguery. I know you're passionate about your position, but I honestly can't believe you'd stoop to that. That's what I finished with, and I didn't get a response. And 
mean, there's really nothing else. I'm not going to belabor that conversation, but just a little bit. I'm sure a lot of you guys go through this kind of stuff. So that's what I've got on that. So those are some of the arguments the COVID Karens are pushing. So if you want a rebuttal to that, well, listen to me, of course, but better than me, go to Tom Woods, who's incredibly intelligent. I've got a couple of his books here. I've mentioned them in several different episodes. Huge fan of his. He's my favorite podcast. You can get a free ebook on his website. It is called, Your Facebook Friends Are Are Wrong About the Lockdown. Download it for free. You want some more arguments to back your position. It's like 50 pages long. I'm just going to give you a few points in here, just some stats, some data. And what I'm going to get into here is kind of like what I said in that Facebook argument. These people just want to talk about risk of death, but they don't want to talk about anything else. So short-sighted. So the UK Sunday Express reported that the number of deaths due to the disruption of cancer services is likely to outweigh the number of deaths from the coronavirus itself. Because cancer screening services have stopped, they're not going to be able to catch curable, treatable cancers such as cervical, bowel, and breast. The backlog is going to be a huge challenge, you know, when all this stuff ends, so... That's concerning, and I've heard a lot of stories about people not being able to get their cancer treatment. Again, who gets to decide? Who gets to say, no one go out because you might get someone sick, but, oh, you have cancer, you can't get your treatment. Who gets to decide? See, in a free society, individuals could choose. Individuals could weigh their own risk. If you don't want to go to work, you don't have to. But a lot of people do and can't. That's when it's messed up. A UN report that uh, this economic hardship could cause thousands of additional deaths in 2020 and 42 to 66 million children will fall into extreme poverty as a result of the crisis. All you care about is the economy. See, these people think the economy is just the stock market. I mean, they're just clueless. But yeah, they want to lecture us. They want to tell us what to do. They want to run our lives, but they don't understand basic economics. The estimate from a study called Deaths of Despair. These are deaths from drug, alcohol abuse, or suicide. Will be about 75,000 from the pandemic. This is from Ben Miller of Wellbeing Trust in Oakland. You probably remember when Hong Kong was supposed to get a doubling of cases in mid-March when they opened back up. Oh, but eight weeks later, not one additional death. Same thing in Japan. That wave of predicted deaths never materialized. So let's talk about some different states, their policies, how they've affected lockdowns. So California, super heavy on the lockdowns. Newsom and his commies out there, 4.6 deaths per 100,000. Iowa had no lockdowns and 4.3 deaths. These are all going to be per 100,000. Texas, light, 2.4. Washington State, heavy, 10 deaths. Colorado, inconsistent. They kind of went back and forth, 12.2. Georgia, late lockdowns are now lifted, 10 deaths. Maine, heavy lockdown, 3.8 deaths. Massachusetts, heavy lockdown, 45.7 deaths. 
I mean, you can see there's really no rhyme or reason. Uh, there's no correlation between the type of lockdown and the deaths. In Maine, 53% of COVID deaths were in nursing homes and 56% uh, in Massachusetts. I have to look at who are these people. Of course, any death is sad. But so many of these people dying are elderly, have conditions, they're going to die anyways. And sometimes people died of something totally different, of course, and they counted as COVID. And I'm sure you've heard about that. In New York, this is uh, as of May 3rd, 0 to 29 year olds were one death out of 100,000. These are all out of 100,000. 30 to 49, 19. 50 to 59, 70. 60 to 69, 175. 70 79, 407. 80 or older is 1,893. So once you hit 80, it drastically increases the odds. But isn't anyone over 80 at, have a very good chance of dying? Again, I don't want to see anyone die. But we're all going to die at some point, And that's the problem with this whole notion. We need to hide because we're afraid to die. Well, you're not going to live. And you're still going to die anyways. I mean, with that logic, well, let's outlaw cars to, to save against car accidents. I mean, we can all live in little bubbles. We're still going to die at some point. The risk of death from COVID-19 is nearly 1,900 times higher for the octogenarian population relative to those 29 and younger. 20% or more of the 7.5 million New Yorkers under 30 have been infected and up to 80% have been asymptomatic, while most have recovered from a mild illness similar to a flu. There's only been 78 deaths in that age range. Also in New York, their, their population of 382,000 people 80 and older counted for 38% of all with COVID deaths in New York and 11% uh, in the U.S. So their mortality rate in this age group is 1,900 per 100,000, as I said. But out of those deaths, over 7,200 uh, people had comorbidities. So... 62% of them suffered from hypertension, 31% had diabetes, 23% had high cholesterol, 15% coronary artery disease, 22% dementia, 11% renal disease, 9% COPD, 13% arterial fibrillation, 9% cancer, 8% stroke. So more than half died in retirement or nursing homes. It couldn't have been any of these other things, you know, that caused someone to die. It couldn't have been, you know, diabetes, hypertension, cancer, stroke. I mean, I can go on and on with this data, but I think you get the point and you know by now. So many of these people counted as COVID deaths actually are dying of another condition. Almost everyone seriously affected is over 80 and or has a serious health condition like an autoimmune disease or, or some other serious condition. The real concern is people dying due to the lockdowns. These are unnecessary deaths. People not being able to get routine treatment. People developing uh, substance abuse issues, depression, ruining their lives, killing themselves, and again, people losing their work. Um, 
download this if you if you want all those facts at your fingertips. But that's what I want to conclude COVID week with is these absurd times we live in where if you don't go with the crowd, they demagogue the issues. These people want total conformity, and that's what they're grooming us for. It's disgusting. Don't give in to it, because even though a lot of people will say, you know, I've, I don't really want to go along with it, but I don't really want to say anything because it's awkward. Well, that's, that's, that's almost worse. It's almost worse to know all this is hoax and go along with it than to actually believe it. Because at least if you actually believe it, like some of these Karens on Facebook, well, you're following your very idiotic conscience. But if you know it and you go along with it, well then, uh, you're just making it easier for them to do these things. So I've really, I don't want to belabor the point. Hope you enjoyed COVID week. Thank God we're going to be done talking with this. So we can move on to something else next week. But we have to take a stand. We would be the first civilization, to my knowledge, to destroy ourselves over fear. You know? I mean, think about what we cherish in the United States. How many great things we have. Yes, times, there's a lot of turbulence. There's a lot of division. But think about it. I mean, we have air conditioning. We have refrigerators. We can travel in vehicles. We have the internet. You know, some... Some nobody like me can turn a phone on and start talking and people will listen. And I can disseminate that all around the world. We have so much to be thankful for, but we're going to throw it away over fear, over hysteria, and over leaders that are drunk off their own power and forcing total conformity. So we got to take that stand. Sometimes it's disheartening, but we got to look at why liberty matters, why we want to fight for these things. What kind of world do you want to live in? Have your kids, your grandchildren, do you want to leave anything left for them? If so, we got to take this stand. We can't be the society that sacrifices the next generation over a grossly exaggerated fear. There's so much fact-free hysteria I'm sick and tired of it. I'm glad I got to come on, set the record straight. Now you can too. I hope you enjoyed this. And uh, we'll see you next week. Take care. Enjoy your weekend.